Welcome to Peach Reading. I am your host, Az Williams, coming to you live from Atlanta, GA. This podcast is dedicated to authors of all types of genres. We will explore their masterpieces, thought processes, and their overall dedication to the literary field. So without further ado, grab your wine, sit back, and get ready to read with Az. Hey everyone, this is Az with Peach Reading. I am so excited. And I say that every every episode, y'all. I say I'm excited. I'm always excited. But I am excited today. We have on Miss Joyce J.F. Sims, who is going to, to take us into this world of LaShawn Delaney, y'all. And this, I'm excited for her to talk about this book. She spent her formative years in Macon, Georgia, and now calls Appling, Georgia home. Or is it Apling? Did I say it right? You're right. It's Appling. Appling, okay. She resides there with her husband of 30 years, Pastor Larry Sims Jr., and together they created the Move Forward Ministry, providing seminars and retreats designed to strengthen Christian marriages. She practiced family and consumer law for 15 years before retiring. During the pandemic, social, social isolation and her love of reading spurred Joyce to pen her debut novel, Sweet Dreams Boutique. She loves writing about the duality of women and their spiritual journey. She is an avid reader of Christian fiction, suspense, and legal thrillers, and she effortlessly fuses all three in her writing. Sweet Dreams Boutique, book one of the LaShawn Delaney series, was released to rave, review, rave reviews, and she is currently writing the much-anticipated sequel scheduled for release in October 2023. How are you, Miss J.F.? Yes, I am great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Now, I am excited. I have to tell you all, when I was going, I went to a book fair in, um, in Alabama, in Birmingham, and you all know when you're walking through these book fairs or anything like that, it, it's kind of the author's job to pull you in, you know, because we have so many options as, as patrons just to figure out what we're going to do. And I can have to tell you when I stopped by her, her table, not only was it decorated cute, but when she said, this is a mixture of green leaf and family business, her book, I was like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and go and get this because both of them are, both of them, I'm, I'm fans of both shows. So just, I want to say thank you for at least having the know, like I got to be able to pull people in. So what am I going to say to pull people in? And you know, the book is phenomenal. We're going to get into the book, but I do want to know, like, so in your in the introduction, you did talk about the pandemic is what spurred you. But I'm I'm almost inclined, was writing even before the pandemic a part of what something you wanted to do? Because sometimes know, the way you wrote this book, and we're going to get into it, this is like, you've been writing for years. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get that a lot. And growing up in, in high school, college, um, I was part of a literary magazine. So I've always written. I've always been an avid reader. But um, writing wasn't on my radar. My husband kept saying, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. Other people, oh, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I never felt like I had the time or really the energy. But when the pandemic hit and it was just me and my thoughts and to keep from going crazy, I was like, you know what? Let me start writing. And what I came up with was Sweet Dreams Boutique. And that was really not what, what I was writing in the beginning. It took a life, took on a life of its own. But yeah, I've always written. I've always loved writing, but I never had the goal to become an author. 
Now, what do you feel because it took on a life? What do you feel was the most the most difficult part of the writing process for you? I think the difficult, most difficult part for me, and it still is, even with the second book, is getting all of my thoughts on page without going back, re-editing, re-critiquing, recreating. Because, oh. like, yeah, because like I said, with the first with the first book, it was supposed to go in another direction, and I would go back, I would edit, and I would see something, and I would switch it up. So that is the hardest part. You know, they tell you to go ahead and just get all your thoughts down on paper, write it on out, write the book, then go back and edit and look at it and rearrange it or what have you. But it's very difficult for me to do that. The ideas flow, the writing flows, but me getting from point A to point B is difficult because I continuously go back, reread, re-edit. And it's kind of hard not to. Now, one of the things that really struck me um, was the fact that you were in law for so long. Yes. And so you'll be the first author that I've interviewed that has that that law background. And so have you thought of a series that would pertain to an attorney? I have not thought of a, of a series per se, but even in Sweet Dreams Boutique, you saw the courtroom element. Yes. And the legal aspect of it. So it is in my writing. I've not thought of a series where the entire, you know, um, story is written around maybe an attorney, but I may do that. That's a great idea to do one around a female attorney, but I've just not done that. I do have one in this particular book, but she's not a major character. Okay. And then the reason, so for the, because well, what prompted you to go into Christian fiction? Well, number one, I am a Christian and a lot of my writing, and I think it is true of most authors, you're going to put some of yourself in your writing. And so it's very difficult for me to write without you seeing who I am. Mm-hmm. And through that, you see, you know, my belief system, what have you. Um, it just flows through my writing. So I would think it's very difficult to not put Christianity in my writing. And that was one of the dilemmas because a lot of Christian authors, we, you know, we don't get the call from podcasters or from influencers because a lot of Christian writing is, you know, basically proselytizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my book is not that. And so, although I, you know, talk about God and I, um, go, delve into the spiritual journeys of each individual person. I hope it doesn't come off as preachy because that's not the purpose of the book. But if I'm going to be authentic in my writing, I can't do it without Christianity because that's part of who I am. Does that make sense? Do you understand? What no, I'm it does. And I think that what I really love is when you're attracted to authors like your Rashonda Tate Billingsley, mm-hmm. your your Rashonda, I mean your um, Victoria Christopher Murray and Crimble or Lawson Roby, those oh, authors yeah. they bring such a reality to it mm-hmm. that it doesn't come off preachy. And I think, and when I read this, there was that real component as well. So when you read Sweet Dreams Boutique, and you all, I'm telling you, this book is phenomenal, awesome. and. 
it brought it brought that so because that's the problem i think sometimes with the world now they don't you know we're not gonna get into a whole why are we losing christians to the way a lot of it is they feel like you know christians are hypocrites we and i'm because i'm a huge christian they feel like you know you all say one thing and do another and what i love is that when i read these authors and especially with your book, I'm able to see like people that I've met that have that LaShawn mentality, you know, folks that have gone through different things. And mm-hmm. so it really puts a a real spin on it. Shows like, okay, Christians, they they're real people too, versus yeah. the ones that feel like, you know, oh, they they can say it, but they're not doing it. Absolutely. And I think that's what I wanted to bring across in my book because you do have those legends um that you spoke of. And they have their niche um, and they have paved the way for Christian writers. Uh-huh. Yet there are still other Christian writers who even my book don't believe it should be considered Christian fiction because of what I discuss in it. You know, um, a lot of the giveaways that they have, book giveaways, you know, I can't be a part of it because my book has a sex scene in it or you know, yeah, the topic or what have you. And when I say I want to write about the duality of man, we didn't come out in the womb singing Amazing Grace. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't write a story without showing you a person's transition, you know, and a lot of Christian writers are very protective of that term. So, you know, they'll say, well, you shouldn't call it Christian. And I'm like, that's what Christianity is, grace. And so- when you see the struggles that these people go to, they're all on their individual journeys. And although it's not about the spiritual journey, you do see that aspect of them in it. But um, a lot of people don't think it should be Christian fiction. And I really, really toyed with whether I should say it's Christian fiction. It was my husband who said, you know, that's what Christianity is all about. We fall down, we get up. Exactly. You know, so as long as you're doing and you authentic to the word, then, you know, call it Christian. You can't go by or, you know, allow others to dictate your brand. And so um, that's why I continue to keep it as Christian fiction. And I put it in my novels because it's who I am. And I, I don't feel I could be an authentic writer without doing it. And I agree. I I say keep it as what you're doing. <laughs> now, what was what what came first with this particular book? And I'm not sure if it'll change as you start to write more books. But did the plot come first, or the characters came first? <laughs> you know, um, for me, my characters came first. Well, you know, I would say simultaneously. Okay. Okay. And I say that because um, I'm in a sorority. And right before the pandemic or at the early part of the pandemic, um, one of the chapters in a small city, Fort Valley, I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, well, Fort Valley, there was a scandal. And it was a scandal involving the sorority where, where um, someone else who was in the sorority and also working at Fort Valley State <laughs> had an escort service with the sorority sisters. So that kind of became the catalyst for what I was, um, for me doing that particular plot. I'm like, ooh, that would make a good story. And so it was going to be all about, 
you know, how it got started, what they were doing. And, and that's why I say it switched along the way, because uh, even though it has that as a catalyst, that's not the thrux of the book, whereas initially it was going to be. So I always knew I wanted a female character. I always knew I wanted um, it to be a first lady because okay. a lot of times you hear about the pastors and all of their, you know, scandals and what they're doing. But, you know, I didn't want to do that particular trope. I wanted to focus on the first lady and what she was doing. Um, and so that's how it came about. So I, I would say it came about simultaneously because when I heard the plot, I, I wanted it, but it was going to be the first lady who was doing it. Now, how would you now how do you use social media as an author? Because with this being your first novel, mm -hmm. um, how have you gone to the, the advertising to kind of get yourself out there? I've always I'm always I always wonder that with first time uh, novelists like, OK, so how do you get to putting that feet to the metal and getting it out there? Uh, social media is the bane of my existence. I'm just <laughs> Because we all need it. We all need it. It depending on what it is you're doing, and especially you're going to have to have it as an author. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you can't be on social media without being social. So you know, and for me, it, as a pastor's wife, you know, a lot of the stuff I talk about or go through, I can't talk about it with anyone else. You know, it's between me and the person I'm counseling. Even when I was practicing law, you know, everything I did had to be in privacy. I had privacy um, rules and regulations. So my entire life has been private. You okay. know, I was on social media, but I wouldn't post. I wouldn't do any of that because of the position that I was in as an attorney and a first lady. So when I would post, it would be about church or something along that line, but nothing personal. And two, because I did criminal law, so I couldn't be on the internet and people knowing, okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be doing that. This is my life. You know, you can't let people know too much about you in that way. So, you know, I, I wasn't a social media person. So as an author, I had to get on. And initially, I wasn't sure how much of myself to put out there. You know, um, they say, well, you know, people want to get to know you. They want to get to know who you are. And I definitely understand that. So I do try to, on my platforms, um, I do Instagram and Facebook, I do try to let you see snippets of who I am, but I often take those down and I focus on going through the author's journey so that other authors or others who want to become an author, they can come to my page and, you know, get tips, um, find out do's and don'ts or things of that nature. So I focus on maybe like more teaching than more things about me. But I'm trying to get into, you know, I let you know I'm at a book fair. I let you know that, you know, I spoke with a book club, but. In terms of being personal, personal is that's difficult for me. That's something that I I have to, you know, I guess delve into more. And one of the things I'm going to do with this second book, and also as I, you know, continue to promote Sweet Dreams Boutique, is I think I'm going to have have to um, hire a social media manager 
someone who focuses on that. Um, And I tell you why, because marketing and promotion, it eats up so much of your time. You know, you can spend a whole day trying to um, edit a two minute video. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I could have been writing. And so I had to to get to the point with the second book where I was like, you know what, social media, um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to step away for a little bit or you'll never get a book. Because it really does um, take up a lot of your energy. But in the future, I want to do, I love doing book clubs. I love meeting the people who read my books and discussing the books with them. So I plan to do more book clubs, uh, podcasts, um, getting to know people that way, as opposed to, you know, you just see me on social media. Now, I have to ask, would you and LaShawn get along? (laughs) <laughs> what do we get along no no would you all get along we LaShawn would is the main character in, in this book so i'm i'm always curious about characters and would you would you as a person get along with LaShawn <laughs> absolutely get along with LaShawn you know my entire family and people who know me they they are you LaShawn I'm like no I promise you I'm not LaShawn <laughs> because um even though you know she does a lot um, like I say, you see me in the book. So she came from okay. a background where um, she was impoverished. I came from an impoverished background. I came from the hood. She okay. came from the hood. You know, um, she's a first lady. I'm a first lady. So we have a lot of parallels. So I okay. absolutely will. I would be her friend. Um, and also, you know, I love the fact that she is who she is you know um, a lot of first ladies you know they change they feel like they have to fit a particular mold um and I'm rebellious by nature and LaShawn is rebellious also so we would get along really really well because what you're not gonna do is tell me what I gotta do (laughs) (laughs) if that was LaShawn y'all there's nothing to play with (laughs) If you could do a spin, and I'm not sure how the sequel is going, so you don't have to give us your secrets. We just don't have to read it. Uh But if you were to do a spinoff of a side character, I mean, because we, and I mean, would, who would you pick? If you, if this, if this, if this sequel is, or is this sequel a spinoff? Well, it's a series. So um, right now it's three books in the series. Okay. So, um, I don't have any spinoffs right now, but if I were to choose a spinoff, uh-huh. you know, I really like Monster. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, Monster is interesting because he swoops in and, you know, he's somewhere from his from her past. He has a past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I don't go into a lot with him, but what he does for a living is really, really interesting. And I think I could get a lot of good writing off Monster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, I don't like, I love reading books that make you think. I love reading books that has elements of real life. I don't like reading books where it's like, okay, I don't know what world you grew up in where all of this took place. You uh-huh. know, I don't like those kind of books. I like books that reflect, you know, um, life as I know it. And life as I know it, people are um, 
they have things going on. You know, they they're not just, you know, walking on bed of roses. You know, they've delved in things that, you know, on any given day might land them in jail. <laughs> you know. And so I like stories like that. So monster would, would be one that I would, you know, if I wanted to do a cast off, it would be him. But because I focus on women, um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that's the way I would go. And so one thing I, I'm dying to know, um, what piece of advice was given to you when you first got out the gate? And I'm asking because we just never know if there's a new author that's listening. So I'm always trying to look out for the people that are aspiring to be an author or, you know, they're just, they're fresh out. So what was the most um, valuable piece of advice you were giving about going into this career? Okay. Um, thanks for asking that question. That's a good one. I went to law school with Naomi Jarrett. She's a writer um, and she's mm -hmm. a Christian author. She was one of the first Christian authors. And I remember her writing in law school, you know, between tests, she would be writing. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And she never actually practiced law because her writing took off. So um, I called upon her and hired her to be my consultant and she agreed. And one of the best pieces of advice she gave me is don't let editors make you lose your voice. Mm. And that she meant, you know, when you are getting your book edited, don't allow them to turn your book into something it's not. And um, I found out that that was true when I was looking for editors. Um, when I was looking for editors, I sent them the prologue of the book in the first chapter. And to just to see, I, I interviewed five different editors. And basically, I asked them to edit my first, um, my prologue in my first chapter. And based upon what they sent back, that's who I decided that's how I decided who would edit the book. And I did it that way because I wanted someone who would recognize my voice and edit my book without changing it. And, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and I had a lot of authors like, well, you know, you don't want to put this in there, you know, because a lot of people are not going to be able to identify with it. Or you don't want to put that in there because, you know, that's too outside of the Christian genre or, or you don't want to, you know. And so those who didn't see my vision and couldn't recognize my voice, I didn't hire them. So the um, editor that I ultimately hired, when she edited the book, she edited the book. You know, she didn't try to change the story. She didn't try to tell the storyline. Now, what she did do, she would say, you know, you need to delve into this a little bit more because you hit it ran. <laughs> so she's like, <laughs> you know, um, delve into this a little bit more. Um, and one thing she taught me, the editor taught me that helped the book tremendously is I would say, you know, she would give me advice. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that until the second book. And she said, no, people paid for a full book. You give them a full book. Don't say <laughs> nothing. She said, you can have a cliffhanger, but nothing where it leaves the story untold. So a lot of stuff, um, what she taught me was wrap it up in that book. She said, people are paying for a full book and they're going to read a full book. So, you know, I have a lot of people like, oh, you were wrong for that. Um, you know, um, at the end, what happened to Charlotte? Yeah, because at the way it ends, y'all, I'm going to tell you, I mean, we, I, you know from the ending, there's a sequel, obviously, but mm -hmm. y'all say, oh, oh, that's what we are. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
okay. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, you can leave a cliffhanger. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wrap those stories up so you know what happened. Because otherwise, people are going to be like, what? And, and, you know, it's like that with a movie. It's like, wait a minute. I know it didn't just end like that. You know? So um, that was a great piece of advice that I got from, you know, my writing consultant that I would tell any author, don't let anyone change your voice. You you are a unique voice. So use it. Excuse me. Even if there are some, you know, there are critiques or, you know, uh-huh. I don't think you should or what have you. Be confident in your writing and in who you are and telling your own story, you know. And the person who's editing is not their story. It's your story. So don't allow them to, you know, turn it into something that you did not intend. I agree totally. What, um, and so I'm always interested in what authors are reading. Because some authors say, you know, I really don't get a chance to read. And some say they do. So what is the most unappreciated novel that you've ever read that just didn't get, and that I'll, and I'll be writing as soon as an author say, I'll be right. So I can go get it. So what do you feel is the most unappreciated novel you've ever read that just didn't get the hype it was supposed to get? You know what? Um, I'm reading Well, I've read the best book I've read in the last 10 years. And I don't know if a lot of people have read it, but it's cast. C-A-S-T-E by Isabel Wilkerson. Have you heard of that book? Uh-uh. Okay. And it talks about um, our, I guess, social, political, not even more so political, but just our socioeconomic um, dynamic here in the United States and how everything that's going on is a result of this unspoken caste system that we live in. But the way she does it it makes it so intriguing and it really really opened my eyes to a lot of things and um and, and, and it's a it's based it's a it's not fiction it's non-fiction and so she basically talks about the um it's like 14 um things that let you know that we're in a caste system here in the united states um and it was just very eye-opening it taught me a lot and everybody I talked to, if I could recommend a book to anyone, it would be Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, and right now I am reading her book, The Warmth of Other Suns. Um, and that one is good as well. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know, I'm writing as you're talking. <laughs> and with yeah. reading, I read three books at one time. See, I thought I was special. Me too. <laughs> Because I may have the audio book going mm-hmm. and then I'm reading a di- so I'm okay, it's glad to, I'm glad to know that there are other folks because people are like, how you can concentrate? Well, it just depends on what I got going on. So exactly. yes. I'm in the car, uh, my audio book, that's one. And night uh-huh. when I go to bed, I read a different one. And mm. then day, like if I'm just, you know, on the porch or lounging around, I'm reading a- another book. So you know, when you ask me which book, I'm like, oh my God, what am I reading now? It's like, I, I read so many books um, in a given month that it's ridiculous. And that's good though. And especially what I love is that because it, you can see in your writing and I always ask authors this, if they've ever thought about writing a different genre, mm-hmm. but what is beautiful about your book is that you actually have 
three different things. You got a thriller going on. <laughs> it's like what you said in your bio, your thriller, suspense, all that's mixed in together. So we're actually getting almost a three and four and one because you got your room. Like you just, you was able to infuse it all in and it's not confusing to the reader like and that's what i really loved about the book is that oh she got some suspense going on and she got, okay and she and i could understand the book and i'm ready for the sequel so yes well thank you and that's been one of the greatest compliments that i've heard from anybody girl when is the second one coming out <laughs> everyone has been you know um everyone has been anticipating it and you know that has been one of the greatest blessings of me following um i guess what god has put in me and actually mm -hmm. write it is seeing that people get it and they want to read it and they're anxiously anticipating the sequel and when i talk to book clubs you know they have their own um ideas about what each character needs to do and oh you got oh you gotta let her do this or that and, and it's just that is what makes me love what i've um am doing now as a writer oh perfect now, before we get out of here, I have to ask. So I always ask every author what they think their avatar is. Ooh. Something that's going to, that just describes who you are. And I always get different answers. And it's always the cutest thing in this show that I just love to see. What do you feel you resonate as if we had to say this was your avatar? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, my favorite spirit animal is an eagle um, ah, okay you know they can float um they soar um uh -huh. and my favorite bible scripture you know they that wait upon the lord he shall renew their strength they shall mount up his wings as eagles um mm. not go grow weary walk and not faint that's my favorite scripture so if i say a spirit animal it would be the eagle but as an avatar i would say the phoenix because the phoenix going to rise from the ashes. Okay. Yeah. That's the new one I mean. Okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, like I say, growing up in the hood, I saw a lot. I did a lot. Um, but seeing, you know, how I was able to go through all that I've gone through, through by God's grace and end up where I am to where I'm actually, you know, able to influence others and help others change their lives. Um, I just think of the Phoenix, you know, rising from the ashes and not letting anything keep you down, you know, no matter what pressing forward. So that would be my, um, avatar. I love it. <laughs> well, before we go, um, go ahead and give us your handle. So how can we reach JF Sims so we can be up on all the tea for the, for the next one, for the sequel? Now, like I said, I'm not, you know, a social media guru. So if there's anybody out there who, you know, great with social media um, and, you know, help me because I do, I need help promoting, you know, setting up gigs or what have you. I'm looking for someone. So um, I'll put that out there. But <laughs> you can um, find me on Instagram at author J.F. Sims, F is in Frank, on Facebook, it's um, writer Joyce Sims, J-O-Y-C-E-S-I-M-S. And then my website is um, jfsims.com. And my email address is jfsims at jfsims.com. So I 
have not, you know, I, I signed up for TikTok, but I haven't done a lot of videos. Like I said, I'm trying to find someone who could help me navigate mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and prayerfully in the next year or so, I'll get a handle on it. <laughs> if you got any advice, help a sister out, please. <laughs> before we go so what um i actually my book of the week this is what i had actually i just finished listening to this audio book it was called the conjure women um by afia adakora and so this book was really good it's about um three women and how everything goes through with them from the civil war and so it's a a wise healer her daughter and then another young lady who's a midwife and how all three of those ladies uh, work together to get to freedom. Um, it is a little, it got a little thrill, a little suspense to it, but um, this was a very good book. So if you all like listening, learning about the history and, you know, they just keep coming up with more and more stories about black women and, and how they are getting through civil war and all that good stuff. That is a, this is a very good book for you all to pick up and read. In addition to Cass, now we got to go look up Isabella uh, Wickerson. We got to go find her now. So, yes. Isabel. Mm-hmm. Oh, just Isabel. Isabel Wickerson. Great. S-A-B-E-L. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you so much for coming on and thank blessing you. this podcast. I, I just, when I tell you all, I really just cannot just, I'm really excited because I really love this book, you all. This was a really good book. You did put your foot in it, and I'm ready for the sequel. Um, and we're gonna talk offline because you got to come talk at my book club. Like I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, and they can get the book on Amazon, but yes. uh, I prefer them going to my website because okay, okay. Um, you know Amazon they want too much of your profit. So <laughs> there you go. And we had I've had some talks about that with authors. Yes, yeah. So if you can go to an author's website to purchase the book that always helps okay all right y'all well we are getting out of here this podcast is going to be able to be found on google apple stitcher just anchor anywhere that you can hear a podcast peach reading with as is there and you will be able to listen to this episode and then we're going to support and then again we putting out she got a job offer y'all so who whoever social media she looking for somebody hey somebody say, I don't, i'm not working hey look but you y'all scroll all day she's got you something to scroll to yes absolutely thank you so all right. much. Well, thank you all right so all right we will see you all later bye-bye